Seems like space stuff does well in Solana. It's kind of the vibe. It does. It's because we're all because yeah, we're all fucking nerds, man. Like probably. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I I'll speak for myself, but it's, it's like true. I'm a nerd. I know Nick's a nerd. Um, yeah, James, you are. Oh, that's that's yeah, I have like the Hubble 100%. Deep Field posted yeah. up there. Oh, that's sick, Definitely a space dude! Nerd. I love the I love the stuff in your room. That Apple uh, poster over <laughs> there. What's yeah? It's it's kind of a knockoff. What's the story with that? Well, I couldn't get an original like 1980s poster, so I kind of like upscaled one a little bit yeah. and printed one. Had one printed, so it's like kind of real. But yeah. I'm cool with that. I, I it's like right click save, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still like to find them someday, but they're all like ripped on eBay. So yeah, find no, a good I, one. I, that, no, that would that would for sure be uh, be tough. Not not to mention like to get one in good condition would be just wildly expensive. Um, for sure, but it's but cool it's still have. legit. It's still a legit aesthetic either way, right? Like whether it's an original or not, it's uh, yeah, it's like it's the original yeah, it's design. A, I it's guess. a cool vibe. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I so like I started off my software development as an iOS dev. So app, I'm like a definitely an Apple fanboy. So so I live in Utah now. We have like an iOS and macOS developer group. There's like a few hundred of us in a Slack group, and before WWDC every year, we make like Apple focused T-shirts. They're probably, it's, I mean, it's probably not legal because we're like, we're basically ripping off the Apple design and then adding some kind of Utah flair to it. So there'll be like the arches logo around like an Apple symbol or something like they're, they're okay. pretty sweet, but that's like, that's like half my wardrobe. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've worked there for a couple of years. I only have one Apple shirt. Yeah. I saw your, I saw your tweet about just, uh, just stopping at Apple. And I was really hoping that you like stole this <laughs> poster off the wall on your way out. And I was like, yeah, I no, respect yeah, tomorrow's that so actually much. my last day. So just wrapping stuff up there. Yeah, pretty stoked. Tomorrow's your with, last day at Apple? Yeah. So I start with Tiplink on Monday. So I get to go full-time Web3 stuff. S- that's freaking sick. So, yeah. well, let's let let's let's like maybe jump in and do the not like formal, but still like informal intros. Tell me sure. tell me Kudo a little bit about your about your background. Obviously Apple's part of it, but start wherever you think makes the most sense and let's come come up to today. Cool. Yeah. Um I kind of resonated with what Nick was saying like the self-taught kind of end up here. So, I initially went to college for computer science and it kind of made me hate computers. I just got really bored in like the classes I was in. So I kind of left for like more art classes and music. And I was actually a music director for a couple churches for a while. Um, And then I think that was just kind of the same like mindset of just kind of putting stuff together, like organizing a band. And then I found a way to apply that to code eventually. I don't know exactly when it happened, but like some freelance side projects, like landing pages and one-off stuff. And that's kind of what clicked for me is like, oh, this code can be like a pretty thing. Like you can make a cool visual with this. It's not just hammering out text in a cubicle all day, which is like what my first impression was. So yeah, once that like clicked for design, I did like a bunch of freelance work and worked for an agency for a while. So we made landing pages for like Microsoft and Sony and VMware, stuff like that. It's mostly just um, just um, simple like informational pages. And then from there, I went to work at Amazon Game Studios where they were releasing their first console game called Crucible. So we used um, Svelte, which is a really light front end framework to make the game UI for this. Um, so I worked on like the menu and the leaderboard and I'm um, like some of the flyouts, like the game actions. And that was pretty fun. So I was there for almost a year. And then since I had a Svelte background, Apple hired me because they're making a lot of their new UIs in Svelte. Like Apple Music was just remade in Svelte. And then I made a lot of internal tools in it. So, yeah. And then I got the job at TipLink. It's mostly my journey. That's such a cool, like unexpected background. Like computer science in school to music. Wait a, Wait a minute. You're telling me that Apple You're telling me that Apple's not building stuff with their own Apple language stuff. They're using like, for front ends for sure. 
I thought you meant for like the mobile side. I meant I was imagining like you're building like Swiss. mobile apps. Oh, no, like they have a web app. Like, like what? Like Spotify's web app kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I don't use any Apple things. Like I use my my work laptop is uh, running Linux, so I don't. Nick, I don't use Nick, there else. are definitely <laughs> JavaScript devs at Apple, so that's you know that could be a backup plan for you. <laughs> hey, hey, okay. Yeah. Well, top of my to do list. Yeah, hey, they're looking for a UI dev right now, so. There are there are worse <laughs> things, Nick. I bet. I'm I'm offended at this conversation right now. Uh, Scamo, let's maybe uh, give give us a similar background on you, if you don't mind. Uh, my background in software is pretty short. I wasn't like the gaming sort of industry for a bit, but I was pretty bad at gaming. But my friends were really good, so I just like edited videos for them, did like their social media stuff, and then a few years later, we like. We uh, or my friends introduced me to like Soul. We started flipping NFTs, and like during that between high school to college, I was like interested in uh web dev, computer science, but I wasn't really too deep into it until like last year, where I sort of taught myself front end and uh participated in the last hackathon, the uh, Sandstorm hackathon, and now we're now I'm here. Would you say like Web three was kind of what got you into programming? uh maybe not got me in but it's what got me hooked onto it and like really passionate yeah that's that's sweet i um i i one of the things i think about from like an educational perspective because so like before you know doing education work for solana i most of my education work was focused on new new devs and i'm always super curious to know like what got you hooked right so even like kudo talking about your background it's like it didn't stick the first time right it's like you and 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 I always feel like I feel like some people give up because the way that they're introduced to it isn't what's actually yeah. interesting to them, and it has nothing to do with what they're actually capable of. It's just it's just interest. And so I'm always like, what is it that gets pe- different people interested, and how can we make those entry points more available? Yeah, I think having something to build is a big part of that. It's usually when a lot of people fall Absolutely. off, so they'll, they'll build the first one on one project, not know yeah. what to do. So yeah, I've... something that you're like interested in. Yeah. Well, so many computer science classes, you, you start with like something that doesn't have a UI. And don't get me wrong, some people, some people are cool with that, right? Like some people are like, I just want to do like mathy type of programming, and other people are like, no, I gotta, I gotta have an end product that I can like actually interact with. And that's probably most of us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the very first sure. computer thing I did was like this toy thing in the command line and it just was like why does this matter but once i made an app it was like oh shit this is real yeah yeah it's once you have something like good and and something you're passionate about actually building like the the internal drive that most people get to actually like follow through and build whatever it is and learn the technology you need to in order to build that thing it it goes so much further especially the older you get just like basic uh basic like psychology of like how learners learn the older you get generally it's the more like task driven education like sticks with you so like it makes total sense yeah i think that's a huge thing too is just like learning how to learn um that makes programming less scary too because you could easily dive into many applications for it when did when did that um when did that click for you when when were you like oh it's okay that i don't know how to do everything because I can learn the things as I need to. 
You know, yeah, it's like kind of when I started off as a dev, um, especially as a front end dev, you're following a lot of tutorials, you just kind of import stuff and you call it and you're like, okay, this is the shape of an app. And then I went to Amazon and I remember they were like digging through the node modules to like make additions and like figure out like what was going on inside there. And that was like, um, I don't know, that, ex that expanded my world a lot of just like, you know, digging deeper into like that, not even lower level, just kind of deeper into like the JavaScript package. Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to communicate there is some point, some point it clicked for me that you can go past just the docs and like you can add your own docs, like add a new chapter and you kind of get like more of a contribution brain. And then that, that was just kind of like a exponential like learning snowball because yeah, from there you're contributing on things like even using your contribution on something else to make and contributing somewhere else to make another thing better. You're kind of broken out of like just importing packages that other people have used. Um, so yeah, and that probably goes along with just getting new devs to publish stuff too. I just get stuff like on NPM and online. That was definitely helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So like publishing new packages or publishing projects or like educational content to better learn, which, which maybe um, like one thing that felt really cool for me, I remember was publishing my first packages because I always felt like I remember as a new dev NPM packages were the things the seniors made for us to use. Um, it didn't seem like accessible that I could like publish something people could use. And I think that's a lot like easier and there's a lot of cool use cases you could do even as a new dev, like making an NPM package that just felt kind of distant for me. So like once you're making like dev tooling for other people to use, that was, that was super cool. Um, and then you can become more involved in a lot of projects that way too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I'm actually uh, actively working on some, like a, a PR for the Metaplex package, nice. the Metaplex JS package to add compressed oh, NFT nice. support to it. I'm helping like try to get it over the finish line. It's like, I'm diving like real deep into compressed NFTs and stuff right now. And like, yeah. it's game changer. <laughs> it's so cool. It definitely, yeah, it's definitely cool. like eye opening when you go beyond like when you dig down, you you said maybe it's not lower level code, but in some ways it is. When you're digging into like a JS package, it's like sure it's the same language, but but it's it's this lower level of thing that your code depends on, and it's illuminating to understand how that works and makes you yeah. better at working with it. Um, and yeah, like I I, I definitely I, I definitely remember similar experiences where it's like this this thing that was previously opaque once I was able to get in there and realize like, oh, some dev like me made this. Yeah. I guess I'm more capable than I thought I was. And yeah, um and and it makes it makes you a better dev. And not not even necessarily because of what you learned in in that exploration, but because of the recognition that like, oh, I can learn more. I it, like if I can take on whatever challenge, I'll just figure it out. You know? Yeah. That's yeah, that yeah, right there. That's when that flip that switch flip for me for sure. That was a good way of saying Freaking that. love it. Love it. Um, so what's let's let, I mean, let's talk about what you guys are building for Grizzlython because yeah, I've so messed it, around with it and it's and it's freaking dope. So oh, I'd love to hear I'd love to hear like what you know sparked the idea in the first place. Um, you know, what are the challenges you face, that that kind of stuff. So we'll we can just start and then we'll like, you know, see where it takes us. So yeah, I guess so. I first started exploring it with um uh, I made friends with Mert. And then I started playing with their NFT APIs and stuff. And then Mert was saying there's not really good explore on Solana for just all the cool data that their APIs are giving. So we tried to make one together as just kind of like a one-off like little POC thing. But we found out it's pretty hard to map even the Helios transaction shapes to UI. Um, it was going to be pretty technical just with how it looked. So 
Um, I tried a few iterations of that and just kind of felt like the same dead end every time. You're going to have to do some really weird like one-off parsings in your template. It didn't feel like a very maintainable solution. So then um, we kind of came up with a solution to make a new package that we're calling Proton. It's inside of the X-Ray Mono repo, but it's a parser that translates the Helios shapes into like UI state. And um, scan this is what Scanbo mostly worked on. So we kind of started playing with that a little bit. And then we got um, just, you can see this in the UI too, if you open up the simple raw transaction type. Um, but there's a transaction shape that'll just have like a type. And then we have this concept of actions and it extracts like a bunch of stuff that happened in the transaction. It could be from like the instructions or the account changes, depending on the account type. And then we put that under the actions so that each transaction becomes just this like little group of actions that happen inside of it. And then once we found that way to communicate like what a transaction is rather than just an ID you click in with a bunch of like dev config that they kind of look like. Um, that's when we really started seeing like how a UI could be cool, I guess. Um, yeah, so that, then we then Scamo made his hackathon project, which was um, parsing some Helios APIs. So we brought him on to, and he pretty much owned the parser part of it. And then uh, me and No Spoon, another guy who's on the team, but not here, uh, then we own most of the UI part of it. And yeah, Scamo, then what did you pick up on? Uh, well, I mean, I, I was going to pick up off the last hackathon where like I just built a really crappy, like hacky version of like just, but just that general idea of like making it just so easy, just so easy to read. Like it was just like cutting out all like the, like the blockchain, like fees and all that stuff. So I think that was the idea that sort of like uh, res resonated with like uh Kudo when he like asked me to work on X-Ray, so. Yeah. Yeah, Scamo, yeah, Scamo made is like, that's what we're trying to make. So that was, yeah, it was a cool, cool connection. Yeah, like the whole idea of making transactions more easily understandable by like any person, you don't have to be super technical to be able to look at an explorer. Like that's, that's one of the things I really like about X-Ray, you guys' X-Ray project is that it's like a human readable like a regular person readable block explorer where it's like you can see all the transactions, but you're not just seeing a bunch of transaction hashes and account addresses like blasting in your face like every yeah. other block explorer. And it, I, I think projects like this add additional, like raise the user experience level for Solana as a whole, where it's going to make it a lot more approachable to everybody, especially people who are non-technical to be able to look at it and be like, oh, I got, you know, I, an NFT was minted and airdropped to my address. I got, I transferred X amount of tokens to another address. And yeah, yeah, it's just, that's one of the, also one of the things I love about Helios is like, they're just making cool stuff. Like the whole idea of their project and their, their product is, is basically that, like making it, making the blockchain yeah, like human the back end. And then, yeah, so we extended off of that. That was a cool relationship there too. Um, yeah, to go on that point, I sent my mom a soul scan link of a transaction and then I sent her ours and she told me exactly what happened in ours and soul scan made no sense to her. So those kind of interactions are nice. what this project is trying to solve. And that was really cool. Yeah, that's that's freaking sweet. Grizzlython hackathon slogan. So easy. <laughs> so I, just, I don't know if that's <laughs> offensive yet. So I, I just say that in private calls. But <laughs> Nah, man, yeah, that's that that's cool. that's not offensive. It's it's true. At least at least I think for most people of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, so I'm 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 curious to know like what what use cases do you guys see for having this like human readable Solana Explorer? 
because I'm thinking of some in my head, but before I like, you know, uh, color what you guys are thinking, I'm, I'm curious what, what do you see the usefulness of this explorer to be? Uh, I can sort of go into this one. Well, I think one of the main annoying things... Okay, so when you like open up Phantom Wallet and you're looking at it through your activity, it can it only goes so far until it stops you from scrolling down more. Yeah. And then when you go on Soul Scan or like some other explorer, it like you have to when you open up your wallet, you have to click like an extra pop up that shows what happened in the transaction to see like what tr- transaction you're like searching for. So I think the main thing is like you're able to like easily like filter through like. Oh, like what did I do one month ago that like I'm trying to show my friend, and like this just makes that much easier. Yeah, that was um, pretty cool. They scanlighted those filters too, so you can filter by mint, and like you're able to see your first NFT minted and stuff. That's that's freaking sweet. The big one that jumped into my head the second I saw your explorer, and this is indicative of how much how bad of a problem this is, is like is taxes, right? Like yeah. I'm, sh- that's probably not what you guys were thinking of, but we've had people say for, that <laughs> for for the last two years, I've I've basically uh, you know tried to use different tax solutions, and and ultimately just gone through all my transactions manually and tried to classify them. And looking at your explorer, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'd started from this instead of like you said the gobbledy look gook transaction IDs and stuff. Like that would have been so helpful just to, cause it's like, I'm looking through the Explorer and it's like, this is a swap. This is an NFT mint. This is, you know, this is staking this, is, right? Like just all these classifications that are already there for me that help give me context as I'm going through and trying to classify from a tax perspective is, is freaking amazing. Right. Um, I look at something like, you know, this X-ray Explorer and think, oh my gosh, this is, this is such a phenomenal foundation for so many other use cases, right? Like you could provide a simple CSV export that just like gives me yeah. all of my batched, you know, batched uh, interactions in a way that's actually useful and, and readable. And that's had the, freaking amazing. Like, had the idea last night to add a button to just be like open in a Google sheet and then you could do whatever you want with it. Something like that. Oh my that's gosh, sweet. that would be, that. that's even better than, Dude, that's so be much fire. better than a CSV awesome. export. Just like yeah. give it to oh. me in a Google sheet already <laughs> yeah. ready to use. That's amazing. So that's totally cool. So right now we got to um, just work on like pagination a little more to, because some wallets that are huge, we're not going all the way back in time. So once we get that in, we can actually do the full wallet dump of all your transactions. And that's, uh, most wallets are showing all the transactions now, but yeah, that'll just be a more reliable way to actually do a dump of anything. And that'll be pretty cool. Sweet, sweet. What's um? So like, I I can't imagine you doing too many more features before the end of Grizzly Thon. Like you're probably in polish mode, but maybe I'm wrong. Like, what's what's the play for the next few days before Grizzly Thon ends? Yeah. So being able to load all the transactions in big wallets is one. Like I was mentioning, um, and then another one, compressed NFT support. We're trying to get that in. Maybe uh, we have an endpoint for it. Um, it's just. It's kind of in development as we're developing this. So we'll just see if that comes together and ends up working. But compressed NFTs will definitely be in there soon. And then we had an NFT gallery for looking at your NFTs, um, like being able to filter those and stuff. And we'll try to bring that back too. We just wanted to polish that a little more and add support for compressed. I, I got to ask, how are you generating the the random names, nicknames assigned to <laughs> accounts? Because like I, I'm looking at mine and it's just like, 
completely random. And I'm like, what? What are you using so to generate story these for this? Names? So Mert made this package called Soul Namor, like N A M O R, and he's like, this is cool. I want to use it for everything. But they have this dictionary of all these. Um, <laughs> What, it must be like program or account addresses that so we pass it into this package and it'll return the friendly name like magic eden if it exists like if you go to um, the magic eden like v2 one but otherwise if it doesn't exist in this dictionary of friendly names it just makes a deterministic little username so we have like dictionaries that go in each of those slots and like based on the segments of it so there's a package that we that we kind of expand off of too called like unique names generator and then we add some soul stuff on top of that Nice. Gotcha. So it is based off of the actual account address. Yep. And no it's other just the public keys. Hmm. Yeah. It'd be cool to, if okay. we ever, okay. it'd be cool to have like, um, sign in with your wallet so we could have some account metadata because people have been wanting maybe like email subscriptions or stuff to accounts or just various little user profile items. Um, yeah. And that, that could be a, yeah, cool place for that kind of stuff too. Yeah. I was, I was thinking it'd be cool if I could like sign in and then have a way to, tag different addresses i interact with as yeah as like oh cool. this is this is this person or like this is this one service i often like stake and unstake with or you know that that kind of stuff could be could be neat to just like round out some of the little edge things that you can't know you know it's like yeah, you don't know who i'm sending the soul to you just have the address but if we could drop in the name like oh i sent 100 soul to nick that that'd be cool that'd be sweet and that aspect would Oh, sorry. That would also. I was saying that aspect would also let the community like um, report maybe transactions that look funny and stuff like that, which would be super helpful. Oh, us, yeah. Like growing this open source. Yeah. That was going to be one of the things I was just going <laughs> to say. Nice. Great minds. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it makes it so you can kind of crowdsource this yeah. information gathering of not only identifying like new contracts that are in the wild, new new addresses in the wild that links to a program which is like useful data for like the entire ecosystem, but also making it so users could flag like bad transactions, bad accounts to yeah, make that more crowdsourced. Cool. There's some inherent problems with that of, you know, how do you trust the quality of the people flagging it? Is it being botted? And, you know, that sure. That would be problems, cool to solve but... the problem of having some sort of a scam list, like a universal one that people use. Cause I think phantom kind of has a block list, but it's not always up to date. I mean, anyone could spin up any token, so I mean, that's going to be hard, but um, yeah, it'd be cool if people could report stuff and it contributes to something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Drip House has been working on their uh, their like blacklisted account list that's oh, really? growing very rapidly of how they're classifying cool. stuff. We, we talked about it with uh, Vipu, the CEO and founder, um, on, on a previous episode, and he was basically telling us that like, they have so much data that's been collected and like how they're just like some algorithm they, they wrote that helps to classify different accounts based oh, on wow. actions they took and how long the account's been around and that sort of stuff. And they do have plans to make that more community available, but uh, I haven't seen anything about it yet, but that'll be tying something like X-Ray with this like together yeah. would be just wow, be yeah, I'll have to check that next out. level. That's awesome. It would be cool to apply those sorts of things to different, different accounts as like some kind of reliability score or something, right? It's like, yeah, you know, so that if you're, if you're, if you're about to interact with a new account or new contract, it's like, what, you know, how, how comfortable am, am I with this? And already just using X-Ray as it is, is great for that. Cause you can go through and see kind of human readable transactions and be like, Oh, these all look 
pretty safe. Like, you know, a bunch of people have interacted with this contract. Like it looks, it looks pretty kosher, but you know, adding on top of that, like crowdsource data and that sort of stuff to give some kind of score of like, Hey, this is, this seems pretty safe versus like, eh, maybe do a shit ton of research before you interact with this one. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. And with all that stuff, you could put like even some social links with like projects, wallets and stuff. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff there. Ooh, one cool idea that we were thinking for a future thing, I'll just add on here, is like a Spotify wrapped thing for your wallet. Like total soul oh, spend yes. or like most paper handed item, mean? first NFT, stuff like that. I, lo- I freaking okay. love that That'd idea. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> That's it's all it, it's I mean, one, it's it's cool just because like uh, I would like to see that at the end of the year. It's like, what am I? doing what do i think i'm doing the most versus what am i actually doing the most uh but then also it's just like kind of using this meme that everyone i don't know like everyone posts their spotify wrapped at the end of the year and so it's just kind of like piggybacking on on that and getting this a little bit of like a social wave i think which is which is cool yeah um so what i mean what's what's next for you guys after the hackathon not just in terms of features but like what's what's the game plan here are are you trying to you know keep working on this long term are you hoping to turn it into some kind of open source community driven thing uh you know is someone starting a company to run with this like what's what's the what's the longer term play yeah i'm scared i feel free to fill in more but um i think we're both planning on maintaining it for a while open source um helis is going to kind of help with that they're going to put it on their github and then so they could help us like with some minor reviews and they, they're going to also host it on their domain name, which is helpful. Um, yeah, so we're here to hack on it for a while. Um, Sweet. A, a cool thing, yeah, just making it open source where people can just think of a cool feature and slap it on there. Um, kind of building a platform for the Solana devs to make the Solana Explorer they actually want is kind of the, yeah. I guess, kind of the movement here. And hopefully this is like, even if it's not like the best it'll ever be now, I think it's a pretty dang good foundation for people to start making PRs on and make it the best explorer be cool i want to expand on that i think the thing with open source is like when people make new programs and other explorers aren't as fast with it they can go into x-ray be like oh this doesn't look right let me change this myself and make my like transaction from for my program look as good as how i like want want it to be i think that's like a really good like side for having this open source yeah Def- definitely i i had a um i had a thought like is there is there a, a future where it makes sense to actually have programs publish along with some kind of um syntax that sort of shows how what the human readable version would be so that cool. like a client like x-ray can kind of consume that and and just like show the human readable version of this rather than having to like dig in and and flesh out each specific contract on your own that'd be cool right like like yeah like a little language on top of it right now we have in this folder with a bunch of files and they're all just named different transaction types so if the type matches up with one of those files then it has a parser for it so other projects could just add a new type in there if a new transaction type pops up and then there it's kind of just like middleware for the transaction to parse through and come out has to just match our okay, proton that, that transaction at the that end. That is pretty that's pr- pretty much what I'm envisioning. That's that's pretty cool. 
that's a super crafty way to like handle the front end side. Yeah. Scamo, I, I don't think I caught like what's what's your full time thing? Like what are you what are you doing when you're not working on X ray? Uh homework school. Oh uh, school. I yeah, I, I just started my freshman year in college, so holy just shit. Started doing that. Nice. I like love how uh Web three attracts just like driven young people. That's freaking that's freaking dope. Uh, I just assumed you were older yeah, because you're doing awesome stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> so are you are you doing like CS in school then, or what's what's the plan there? Yeah, yeah, basically just computer science in school. That's awesome. That's uh, that's that's freaking sick. I so wish I had worked on anything valuable before I was like 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just really fortunate to be like in this area like at this time because like same with like anyone being able to like work on web three is also web three giving the opportunity to like basically anyone who like wants to like just like do it. So I think yeah. that's super cool. The community is definitely like, yeah, if you want something, build it, you know? And so it, it definitely like encourages people to just get in and, and do stuff, which I think is an awesome, uh, I don't know, community value maybe is the way to put it. Yeah. It's pretty transparent too. It's a yeah, very sure. like you can DM the CEO kind of vibe. Whereas, you know, there'd be a Absolutely. lot of layers of approval in other environments. Yeah, it is. It is pretty dope. Scamma, with you being in school actively, are you participating in any like Solana University, Solana U type stuff? Or are you completely separate from uh, that? I'm, compl I'm completely separate right now. Dude, you should look into it. I Join the Solana U uh, organizations, I guess. Be an ambassador. I've seen it, but I haven't uh, looked too much into it, so I should. Nick's doing his job as as a DevRel right now, trying to. <laughs> he's let he's let always, letting his day letting his job. day job you know, bleed I, into the I'll podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm living my best life over here. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know much of anything about what Solana U actually does, other than broadly working with students that are that are generally like actively in school that are trying to build oh. and learn. Other than that, I don't really know what they do. But uh, Donnie, Donnie Solana and uh, Dana, just they're That's awesome. That's what I was about to say is all I know is Donnie and Dana are legit and <laughs> doing cool stuff over there. Sweet. Well, sweet, guys. Thanks for, um, you know, thanks for like filling us in on the project and everything. This is this is one of the projects I, I think I'm most excited about. Um, you know, it's uh, it it matches up with what I think crypto needs the most, which is improved user experience. Right. Agreed. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully this is just one stepping stone toward like a, a future of crypto that like truly enables it to be a good experience for everyone, regardless of how technical they are, how in the weeds they want to get on, you know, on like, what is crypto and blockchain? Uh, I, you know, I always tell Nick, like what I want the future of crypto to be is it feels just as like in the background and it just works as like SSL in your browser. You never yeah. think about it. You just, you just trust that it's secure. And it's like, that's the future that I think I'm going for. And being able to see what you've done uh, in, in an explorer and not have to think about it in technical terms, just be like, oh, there's a mint, there's a swap, like that kind of stuff. 
I think is huge to letting, letting things just fade into the background and just work. So this is legit guys. Cool. Thank you. Means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I look forward to seeing uh, other things that you guys build on top of it and build with it. And I guess now I'm going to have to figure out how Svelte works so that way I can help add some <laughs> hey, code happy to, to it, onboard. I guess. DM me. Yeah, Svelte <laughs> oh, is actually yes. a lot easier than you think because this yeah. is my first project using Svelte. But also the thing about the cool thing about the parser is that it's just pure uh, Java, Java, JavaScript slash, uh, slash uh, TypeScript. You, you just need to know sort of how the parser works and then uh, you don't need any like front-end like stuff. It's just... Yeah, code. that's nice. the cool thing about Svelte too. That's is a... the meme, meme about Svelte is if you know JavaScript, you already know it because it's pretty much just. Oh yeah, on. maybe maybe I need to learn that. I mm-hmm. I I'm okay. like a terrible front end dev because I don't want to learn front end frameworks. But like, James, you're on a call with three front end devs right now. How do you feel? Uh, great. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you feel do I feel fronted? Um, no, dude. I I I'm learning. Nick can attest to that. We like we were jamming on some some tailwind problems the other day, and uh, nice. I was very frustrated because CSS sucks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm all I'm all about jumping into just like vanilla TypeScript or JavaScript and and doing like actual you know logic problems. So um, yeah, if I put out like a new program or stuff, I'll definitely jump in and try to try to add some support for for what my program is doing. Sweet. Yeah, the parse is perfect for you then. Yeah, that's no, it's like you said you said that and I was like, yep, that's my jam. I'm all about that. <laughs> well, thank, thanks for joining us guys. Uh this was this was super fun. It was good to get you get to know you guys a little bit more. Um it's it's always fun for me to like get to know people that I interact with occasionally on Twitter. It makes it makes the Twitter interactions feel more realistic and and more like, oh, I actually know this person instead of instead of it just being text. So, um this was sweet. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, thanks for setting this up. Thank you so much. All right, I guess let's wrap it. For anyone else that's listening, the Grizzly Hackathon submissions officially opened a couple of days ago, so get your submissions in. Mm-hmm.